everyone and welcome to Better Done Than Perfect, a podcast for SaaS founders and product people. Our awesome guest today is Summer Owes, uh, email strategist and the founder of Emails Done Right. And we're going to talk about email strategy today. This show is brought to you by Userlist, an email automation platform for SaaS companies. Onboard, engage and nurture your customers as well as marketing leads. To follow the best practices, download our free printable email planning worksheets at useless.com worksheets. Hey, Summer. Hi, Jane. How are you doing? Very excited to pick your brain today, to be honest, <laughs> because you have so much to share both about SaaS and e-commerce and how they think about email marketing. Yeah, absolutely. For folks who don't know about you, what do you do and what, what is your background story? Where do you come from? Have you been in email all your life? All right. So it's a somewhat of a long story, which I'm going to shorten as much as I can. I am an email conversion strategist for SaaS and e-commerce businesses. I wasn't always in email. I got my start as a content marketer. It was 2008. I had graduated gotten married and moved to the UAE within 10 days of these things happening. And my husband used to live in the UAE. I didn't have any family there and I had just graduated. So, you know, I wanted to work, but I would apply for jobs in Dubai. And one of the first things the companies would ask me was, do you have a driver's license? And I'd be like, no, I've just moved here. I can get it. And without fail, everybody would be like, okay, let's talk when you do. And I found that so strange. And so I told my husband and he was like, oh, I didn't even think about it. We need to get you enrolled. And so I enroll in classes and just the waiting period to start driving lessons was six months long, right? And this is early 2008. The recession hasn't hit yet. And so things are still hunky-dory in that region. And so for six months, I'm like twiddling my thumbs and I have never been this free as a student. <laughs> and I was like going crazy. And so I ran a Google search for writing jobs online because I was paid for a writing assignment in Pakistan. For those who don't know, I am from Pakistan, was born, you know, and grew up there, moved to the UAE, and now I'm back in Pakistan. But at that time, I was supposed to go with a friend to a stand-up comedy show, and she was an editor for a Sunday magazine. And Last minute, she had to drop out and she asked me, if you're still going, could you please do a small write-up? Because that's what I was supposed to do for the paper. And I said, of course. And so I did it as a favor to a friend. But two weeks later, there was a check in the mail. And so I'm thinking if there's money in writing in a country like Pakistan, then there's bound to be something in the UAE. And so I run a Google search for writing jobs online, find a website that's, that says it will pay me $10 an article. And I am so happy because I, I think I've hit pay dirt, right? I'm going to be rich soon. $10 an article is a lot of money. Turns out what I really hit was a content mill. And it didn't take me long to realize that it was a content mill and a dead-end job. But by the time I got my driver's license almost a year later, the freelance bug had bit me, right? And I no longer wanted to work full-time because I wanted to keep working for myself. And so for 10 years, I was a content writer. I wrote for people like Paul Jarvis, internet famous blogs like Copy Blogger, you know, wrote articles for Intercontinental, Marriott, Aetna, and a bunch of really fun startups. 
but I got burned out in or 2017. And so I'm, I started looking for different types of copy because writing is the only thing I've ever been really good at. And I was like, if not content, then it has to be copy. And around that time, I discovered Joanna Weeb and I discovered met Val Geisler in a course. And Val Geisler sparked my love for email. So when she put out a call for subcontractors, I messaged her asking her to take a chance on me. And she did. And the rest, as they say, is history. Well, now you have to say what happened next because you just submitted <laughs> the most interesting part related to email. All right. So she gave me two weeks to write a re-engagement sequence, right? And I didn't know much about email apart from the emails that I was sending out to my own newsletter at the time. And so the first week, all I did was research, right? And for six to eight hours, I researched about emails, about re-engagement emails, And I was the happiest I'd been in a long time. Like, I'm not a morning person. I Even my kids know not to bug mom for at least 20 minutes after she wakes up. And so, but during that research time, I was getting up at 8 a.m. with a spring in my step. And so by the time, like, I turned that first sequence over to Val, I knew I'd found my passion It just, to this day, email continues to fascinate me. Email industry has so many problems in it, starting from people not caring about email or having false expectations about it and just neglecting emails and implementation. Why do you love it so much? What you call problems, I see as opportunities, Uh right? And so there is always an opportunity to make a connection with email because to me, email is a communications tool before it's a marketing tool. And so if you approach email the way I do, just so many amazing things are possible for your company, irrespective of whether you're a SaaS company or an e-commerce one. So email marketing is a branch sort of umbrella word for everything that you do, for everything we do here, even though it's not even technically marketing, it might be life cycle or anything, right? It's still a keyword in people's minds. So yeah. You work with SaaS companies and uh, with e-commerce brands. Yes. What does the balance look like? What's your favorite? uh, And how do you feel the forces are distributed in these worlds? All right. So I specialize in onboarding and retention focused emails in SaaS and lifecycle emails in e-commerce. Now, what that means is that I map out their email journey from the moment somebody becomes your subscriber or user till the moment they either churn out or become a VIP customer or a long-term user for, for a SaaS company, right? And the difference is because the life cycle is different, right? For e-commerce, it's always about the sale, right? Make a connection so that you can then make a sale. For SaaS, it's about getting people to sign up and use and then continue using your software. So the only thing common between the two is the word email, but the types of email you need are different. It's interesting because in e-commerce, basically have the marketing thing that happens before the sale. And after the sale, it's either something tiny or most times nothing at all. Like for maybe for some course owners are smart enough to send follow-up sequences, but that's probably a handful only. But for SaaS, there's this marketing lead nurture part. And then when they sign up, it just begins there. It's the beginning of a whole another journey. Where do you find like, 
are the most overlooked opportunities for both industries in this uh, cycle? The most overlooked opportunity in both industries is right after you get that first conversion. So mm -hmm. for SaaS companies, that means you're sending a free-to-paid onboarding sequence. And as soon as somebody becomes a paying user, you stop sending them emails. Whereas that is the key point where you need to continue sending them emails so that they keep feeling good about their decision to become paying users. Because for free-to-paid onboarding emails, we're, they're hyper-focused on getting you to become a paying user. So you're only highlighting and showing the main things or the key things that will get them to make that decision. And at the heart of it, it's a money decision. Right. But there's so much more to a software. There are so many other ways that your software could be solving your users problem and making their life easy. And I feel like I don't know what to call it because I haven't seen a single SaaS company do this. Right. But let's call it an extended onboarding flow which you are now going to show them these are all the other ways we make life easy or all the other things you can do in our app and then continue nurturing them into using your software more and more until they either become a power user or a long-time user or both. So with your customers, you are implementing those campaigns. You call them advanced... Yes. What was it? Advanced onboarding? New paying customer or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I want to, but again, it's so many companies come to me with like, this is the specific problem we have, which is like no free to paid, or it's like, um, you know, we need an upgrade sequence and so on and so forth. So this part of my work really comes into play when I'm consulting with SaaS companies, right? When they have teams of their own and they're starting to think about lifecycle emails and reducing churn. And I'm like, this is the fastest way to reduce long-term churn. And yes, there are things you can do maybe to plug that churn problem short term. But if you do this right, if you set it up, your overall churn will reduce. Um, it's why I always say my onboarding philosophy is to onboard with long-term retention in mind. What use is getting that somebody to become a paying user and then them churning out three months later or six months later if you're eventually losing them? So you might as well find out why they're churning, and then update your onboarding to make sure that you're addressing that problem head on in the beginning. I saw you on Twitter in a video snippet uh, saying mm -hmm. that people come to you when it's too late. Yeah. When it's too late to think about email because it's such a long-term game and there is no chance it can give you quick results. Tell us more about this point of view <laughs> and why it's so uh, such a burning pain. For you yeah. as a consultant. So that's very specific, I feel, to especially common in e-commerce, right? When brands are struggling and, and they're at their Hail Mary stage where they're like their Facebook ads aren't working, their Instagram reach has reduced, they aren't getting a lot of traffic to their website. So sales are slowing down. And so they're like, okay, now we need to start doing email marketing. And they come to me and they're already cash strapped because they're struggling to make sales. And I'm like, this is the wrong time to come to me. Email marketing isn't magic. It's a long game. You cannot expect to, A, it takes time to set up all the emails that you need. Sometimes, you know, if, because I work in lifecycle emails, I am sometimes doing 10 to 12 to 15 flows for a brand. And that takes time. And even if you divide it into phases, you need to give yourself at least two months or six weeks to see those first emails go live. 
And do you have a buffer for those six weeks, right? And brands will say, we don't. We want these emails to go live next week. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Even for SaaS companies, I always say, you need to start looking for an email marketer's at least three months before you need those emails, because that is how long it will take for us to do customer research, for us to do our surveys and interviews and find the themes and do the analysis we need to do to find out what is going to make your users convert. And so I always say copywriting those emails is always like the last part of the puzzle. It's it's the last phase of a project. The first and the biggest chunk is the customer research. Then comes the strategy that after I you know, analyze the data, all of that, I create the strategy and then turn it into email. Email is just a form of delivery of how I you know, deliver the strategy. But you need time. Email is a long game. We're finding it hard to communicate that email is not a silver bullet. It can't fix your product, can't fix your product market yeah. fit. But as SaaS companies, we can't just not try because it's absolutely essential to have it in place because it's a very important channel. I'm curious whether you as a consultant have a different reasoning and probably people who come to you don't already need persuasion. They're at a different stage of their funnel (laughs) mentally. (laughs) All right. So there are so many other types of emails that a SaaS company can send, right? And it's not just onboarding and it's not just retention focused, but Proactive customer support emails are some of my favorite emails to send because they leave a lasting impression on your user and they build a relationship with your user. And by proactive customer support email, I mean just checking in every three to six months, dropping in a message, but even if you automate it, text-based email from a founder saying, hey, just checking in to see how you're doing or if you're facing any problems, don't hesitate to hit reply and let us know. What these emails do is that they make your user feel well taken care of But also you start noticing if when you start getting enough responses, you will start seeing patterns and you'll start identifying problems before they become problems. Now, pre-recording chat, we had an interesting conversation. As someone who does SaaS emails, users being an ESP for SaaS emails, it feels like SaaS companies are doing pretty well with their cardless free trials. They kind of really don't care that much about email. And you mentioned that e-commerce companies don't care much about email even more. So what do you think neglects email more between those two? It's the same across the board, right? You'll find people in both SaaS and e-commerce who understand the importance of email. And then you'll find people for them, it'll be like, oh, email is a nice to have. It's just not something we want to focus on right now because all these other channels are working well for us. But all these other channels will eventually saturate and you might not own them. As in, you know, so many e-commerce brands saw in the case of like their Facebook ad costs going up, their Instagram reach dwindling. And so for SaaS, it's the same. When it comes to caring less, I'm going to say it's distributed equally across both industries. I have come across e-commerce founders and SaaS founders who think emails are a nice to have, or they're just not there yet, or other channels are working better for them. So, you know, we can wait on emails until we have more funding or revenue or something like that. And I feel like that's a fundamental mistake. That is when you should be thinking about emails, not when you need them, but just before you need them. So you have time to prepare. And if there's one thing I could tell founders across the board, it is that you need more time for emails than you think you do. And yes, agencies can be faster, but agencies often also 
do not do strategy that is custom created for a SaaS or an e-commerce brand, right? They have like almost like an assembly line system where they're setting things up one by one. But then are they really thinking about your email journey of your user or your subscriber, right? And so for a personalized email journey, it needs a lot more thought and a lot more time. I'm going to say it's the same across the board. I've just been lucky to find SaaS founders who care deeply about emails. And like, I'll be honest, there are unicorns out there, Jane. I've had startups come to me and I have had to turn them away saying, this is too early stage for you. I am too expensive for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in the cold email outreach point uh, at, at this time. And then a year later, they will come to me saying, we now have the funding. So we want to work with you, right? So these are founders who've been thinking about email beyond the cold email and getting those early user stage, right? And then they will come back and say, now we have, we've built a budget for this. We want to do this, right? We want to set the foundations, right? And so we want to work with you. And I'll be honest, those are my favorite kind of SaaS companies, right? Smaller companies that planned for this, that knew how important email is. So I'm, you know, there are people who understand the importance of it. And then there are people who don't. Let's talk about the marketing email list for a SaaS company. Yeah. And over the years, I've had an experience of running a personal email list under the UI breakfast brand as a UX consultant. And now we're running an email list under useless brand here. And it's a completely different story in the dynamics yeah. in how people engage because the engagement is just exponentially higher on the personal list. Yeah. And to be honest, we've like being able to sell a SaaS to an email list, it's really like we keep trying, but we kind of close to losing hope because there needs to be a special point in their business when they're ready to adopt a new ESP. Yeah. It's a pretty narrow window. Like, yeah. And man, you can't stimulate that with an email list. Like it's yeah. really hard. What's your advice on this? Like how to turn a company's email list into something more more converting and more personable? Oh, so two things, a nurture flow or welcome flow when they first sign up. And mm -hmm. I always say, whenever you send an email, you need to be asking yourself a few questions, right? One, why are we sending this email? Or to whom are we sending this email? What is the purpose of this email? What action do we want the user to take? And finally, what email are we going to send them next, right? So when you have answers to these questions, it becomes a lot more easier to plan. So when I'm mapping out an email journey for a SaaS company from the entire thing, we start from the moment somebody lands on their website, right? And if they have a content marketing program, one of two things are going to happen. One, they either sign up for your welcome sequence or your newsletter, in which form, in which case, you know, we ask themselves, okay, they've signed up for our newsletter, what emails are we going to send them? And the answer is a welcome sequence. All right. What is the purpose of that welcome sequence? What action do we want them to take? And that this is where the strategic decision-making comes into play, right? And so usually for a B2C SaaS company, that would be, we want them to sign up for our free trial. So our entire welcome flow, welcome sequence is designed to slowly encourage subscribers to sign up for the free trial. Right. And so then we're asking, OK, what happens next? So they've taken the action. They've signed up for the free trial. What emails are they going to get next? Right. And so they're going to get the free to paid onboarding flow. 
What is the purpose of it? We want them to become paying users. Okay, so now they're paying users. What emails do we send them next? And this is where my extended onboarding flow comes in. And then if you have a tiered pricing, then our goal of the extended onboarding flow is to help users push against the limits of that tier so that we encourage them to sign up to the up next tier, right? What it does is it increases our revenue. And then if you don't have a tiered pricing plan, then we you know, want to move them to the annual plan so that our annual recurring revenue is stabilizing a little bit. But a key question in, uh, to ask in all of this is what happens when they don't take the action we want them to take, which is something that you are facing at user list right now, right? And so, okay, so if your newsletter subscribers are not signing up for the free trial, this is then becomes a strategic decision-making point. What emails are we going to send them if they don't sign up? Because maybe it's not the right time right now, but maybe three months later, they might be in a place where signing up for user list will make sense to them, right? And at that point, there are a bunch of things we can do. Keep sending them weekly newsletter emails, keep sending them updates, keep sending them, and by updates, I mean feature releases or anything else that's happening worth announcing in user list and also highlighting case studies. So, and if you have, if you're doing webinars or trainings, keep including them in it, right? So a lot of webinars and trainings should be a part of a SaaS company's content marketing plan. If they aren't, then find a way to either do 20-minute trainings, partner with somebody, because they're they're such a brilliant way of engaging your list. They are going to, and, and you are going to understand what's important to your list with that engagement. Like, okay, so more people showed up for our emails on onboarding than people showing up for like in-app messaging, right? What it will do is it will also inform what kind of content you should be sending to your list. And so at all of these points, after every, let's say six weeks, you're sending out an email that is focused on getting them to convert to the free trial. Or at the bottom of each email, you have a section like, hey, User list has a 14-day free trial period. I'm, I'm guessing it does. And so whenever you're ready to solve whatever problem user list is specifically solving, sign up here, right? And it's conversion may be a single action, but we need to provide multiple opportunities to convert to our subscribers and our users. And so we need to think about it in those terms, like, just saying some, you know, sending them a welcome flow is just one opportunity there. We need to create more opportunities to tell them how amazing user list is and how much it can help them. I love how you make it sound so encouraging. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any tips for making a company's email list more friendly, more human, more personable? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So (laughs) first of all, the from name, it needs to be a person, not just, it can't be user list, let's say. Right. So it needs to be Jane at user list, Jane from user list, Jane dash user list, something. Right. And then your emails also need to be the same sign off. They cannot be no reply emails. Set up a customer service app that will filter those messages so that your inbox isn't getting flooded or create a separate inbox that your customer service team can handle. But encourage replies in your emails. It is one of the fastest ways of making creating a connection and engaging subscribers. And also just use it as a communications tool, right? So you've published a blog post, tell them about it, 
give them a little bit of a teaser. I don't know, Jane, if you notice this, but whenever I'm sending out a newsletter edition for emails done right, I always send tweet out a teaser on Twitter and tell people sign up if you want to know more about whatever email fight I'm picking that week. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that always gets me new subscribers and new subscribers are the most engaged subscribers. And so often they'll reply to that email and say, oh, you know what? And then we'll have a conversation. They'll either appreciate it or they'll debate with me. But that's engagement. And once somebody engages with you, you are no longer just a company to them. You are a person at the end of the screen to them. And that makes the biggest difference. Another brand I've seen of, of yours <laughs> online is about discounts, and that probably relates to e-commerce more than it yeah. does to SaaS. But I would love to hear about both. Can you stimulate purchases for SaaS using discounts? Yes. Of, of course you can for e-commerce. Mm -hmm. How does it work? So in SaaS, you absolutely can, but when dealt right. So my biggest gripe with SaaS companies is that they use the Black Friday Cyber Monday opportunity to increase sales or signups really, really well, right? But there are certain companies that will discount their pricing by 70%. Loads of people will sign up, right? And the smarter ones will sign up for the annual plan. But the next year, we are served with such a high bill that we were not expecting because now we're paying full price. And so what a discount does is it gives you that initial buy-in. But if you're not doing the work to build that relationship and nurture that relationship, you are going to lose them when the bill more than doubles, right? And I, I've done it. I've canceled subscriptions for apps and services that I bought during Black Friday. And then all of a sudden, I'm paying instead of like $47, I'm paying $197. I no, just no. <laughs> and so there's an opportunity. And also like, if you are doing that, and that is a hill that you're willing to die on, like there are SaaS founders that are like, no, getting those users in is crucial to us. We, that's what we want to do right now. We'll deal with the rest later. And so when renewal comes in, please set up reminders. You were on our Black Friday sale with a 70% discount. Your renewal is coming up. You know, don't just silently charge them the full price. And yes, you are going to churn users, but maybe that's another opportunity, right? Where you can kind of bring them back like, okay, we we cannot give you 70% discount this year, but how about like a 50% discount? So that, and slowly bring them to full price rather than just giving them like that shock. So there are different ways you can handle it. You just, again, long game. Email is a long game. Retaining customers or users is a long game. So discounts are definitely a nice way of getting new signups, but then do right by your users, please. Either do not discount so heavily that whenever they're charged next, it becomes a shock, or instead of discount, find a way to give them value, right? Like two months free. Sign up today, get two months free. Oh, I have so much to say about those. Yeah. <laughs> we run a SaaS that it requires effort to set up. So we right. had, we experimented with a $9 plan a couple of years ago and uh, the adoption was crickets. Like we had these right. zero stat accounts at $9 running forever. 
in the opposite experience of somebody not willing to upgrade when they grow out of this. Yeah. And uh, we've had two months free for startups and other things. And that is just perceived as an extended trial. They just don't do anything until they get a bill. It's just ridiculous how zero bills uh, affecting your adoption. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they get those two months free at the end of that billing cycle. So they need to mm-hmm. start paying, <laughs> right? Or like prepay for three months and get a month free, something like that. So right. there are ways to make it attractive. Not saying it can't work, just... Uh, yeah. There... But yeah, absolutely, there are. So free. that's the trouble with free trials, right? We are focused on getting that conversion and people don't even confirm their email to let us, you know, set up their initial thing. And so... A free trial also needs to deal with that stuff. And so you need behavior triggered emails for that, that are essentially not really a part of the email journey that you're building in the free to paid onboarding email sequence. But these are all actions or inactions you need to be thinking about and setting emails up for. What are your favorite go-to resources when it comes to inspiration and uh, some new ideas of what's happening in SaaS email these days, because all these things are happening behind closed doors. You can't see that like, yeah. oh, Intercom has just published a new lifecycle campaign. That, that's not in the news. Yeah. So where do you learn? Oh, that's a missed opportunity for Intercom, right? <laughs> like, why aren't you shouting it out to the world? And so it's I... trade secret, isn't it? Uh... <laughs> but is it? If you were letting your users use it and see it, then why not? So here's the thing. It's scarcity mindset. Don't you think? Like, can any other company copy you and do it as well as you're doing it? And I get it. There is a, which is where user uh, brand loyalty comes into play, right? And again, there is this little risk of these things in any business. So it's getting more users by sharing this versus letting somebody see it. And, and people who will want to copy you off will find it. But yeah, for inspiration, I head to my own inbox and I look at the things that are making me mad about my own email experience <laughs> with those companies. And then I take it from there. So if I see that there's a missing, if I identify a gap and then I go hunting, like I'll do searches for like what companies are sending those kind of emails that I'm looking for. If they aren't, I should start talking about them or if whether, you know, it's, is there a reason that companies aren't sending those emails? So when I get on calls with SaaS companies, I use it as like a, as research as well. So I'm always asking for context, right? Why are you, talk me through why you decided not to send these kind of emails. And that gives me the insights I need. I am a very socially awkward person. I am an introvert. And so reaching out and asking for a virtual coffee chat is the hardest thing in the world for me to do. And so for me, my discovery calls are my research ground. That's where I am learning about the problems that SaaS companies are facing rather than going out and like having coffee with founders. And then that's how I find out. That's my inspiration, like what challenges SaaS companies and founders are facing and how I can help solve them with email. As we're wrapping up today's episode, what is one do and one don't that you would recommend for our listeners when it comes to email marketing strategy? So send more emails 
than you're sending right now. We always worry about spamming our users and subscribers. Let me tell you, nobody's opening all your emails. Nobody's waiting, opening their inbox, waiting for an email from you. So they're missing out a lot of your emails and they'll open it when the time is right, when the subject line is right, whatever. So I don't mean send an email every single day, but if you've got something to say, send those emails, make them conversational. Uh, Nobody wants to read a really long email. I probably wouldn't read a long email from my own mom. I'd rather just call her and ask her what's up. So uh, keep your emails short, conversationals to the point. And the don't would be, I want to say, don't treat your customers like data points, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, you could have thousands of users, but your emails are being read by one person across the screen. So make sure that you are treating them like a person. I love this. Love this. Love this. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for wonderful advice. If people want to learn more from you and you have so much more to say, where yeah. can they go to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So if you are a SaaS or e-commerce company looking for email help, go to my website, summerwest.com. If you want to see me pick email fights, I do that over at Emails Done Right in my weekly newsletter. And if you want to learn how to do email strategy, again, get on the list. I am in the process of launching a SaaS email strategy course in 2023. Amazing. Well, thanks once again and uh, good luck with all your creative endeavors. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. You can find a written recap for this episode at userless.com slash podcast. Please help us grow by leaving a review on iTunes.